It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. And a beautiful morning out there as we get set to do the chores here on the Wax Farm Show. Bob and Joe with you here at the shank of the day. And old Garth, I was just thinking, listening to Garth Brooks, Joe, you weren't around much or doing much on your own yet. You were still running in the family trailer. <laughs> but uh, I remember when Garth was at the uh, Marshfield Fair, Central Wisconsin State Fair, years ago before he hit it big. I remember when Randy Travis was at the uh, Northern Wisconsin State Fair before he hit it big. And, I mean, it wasn't long after those fairs when these guys went right to the top. And, you know, you saw him, he was just a guy singing, trying to make it. And all of a sudden, he and Randy Travis both, and all of a sudden, they both made it, and they made it big. Man, oh, man, oh, man. You ever seen either one of them in concert? Um, I think I've seen Randy Travis. But otherwise, um, we saw different people that made it big. Yeah. That, you know, it's, it's cool to see them at the county fairs, and then all of a sudden, they're big time. Yeah, they are big time, that's for sure. Saw Garth uh, later on, then, when he uh, was in the Twin Cities at a concert, and what a production that was, and Tim and Faith Hill, and wow, but it's uh, it's fun to see him, and, you know, knowing that we've been up close to him, and, uh, you know, had Faith Hill lucky enough to get her picture taken with me when she was at the uh, Country Jam early on. Yeah, I'm sure she was just <laughs> smiling ear to ear, but, you know... You I don't t- think she's recovered from that, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so, you know, it's pretty hard to recover from oh, that. Oh, boy, but, you know, you think about it, you know, we were sitting back there, just the two of us. And waiting to, you know, do something on the radio or TV, the big screen. And, you know, you're sitting there talking. Faith Hill wasn't Faith Hill at that time. She was a gorgeous lady. But we were talking, and she was excited to be here because her dad, she was from down in Mississippi, and her dad worked at Presto in Mississippi. Of course, Presto headquartered here in Eau Claire. But evidently, they had a plant down there someplace. Maybe they still do. But her dad worked there, so she was kind of anxious. She wanted to go out and tour Presto. I don't know if she ever made it or not because she was singing, but, uh, you know, little things like that, that uh, there's still they're still people. Oh, absolutely. And I, I remember seeing Taylor Swift at Country Fest one time, too, mm-hmm. before she made it really big. Yeah, and then she kind of left country music, but she knows country music got her started, so... Yeah, I'll tell you, if you don't get out to these fairs and see some of these up-and-comers, you never know where they're going to end up. But uh, it's uh, been a lot of fun over the years. I've still got pictures with uh, lots of those folks, including Randy Travis and Judd uh, Wynonna. And and Faith Hill. Yeah, and Faith Hill. Hill. (laughs) That's right. And Faith Hill. Oh, gorgeous lady. All right, well, and we got chores to do this morning here rather than reminisce about some of that stuff. The crops. How good or how tough are the crops right about now? We'll look at this week's crop progress report. We'll also look at uh, what's been going on with dairy prices. Not good. Jill, what is that story? Because uh, it is uh, it is an important story. Well, it certainly is. And Wisconsin continues to trail most of the rest of the country when it comes to the all-milk price. In July, that price was just $15.50 a hundred in the state compared to the U.S. all-milk price of $17.40. That puts our July price $8.90 less than last July. The July all-milk price in, 
was in <laughs> the highest all, July all milk price was in Florida at twenty two dollars and seventy cents a hundred, with three other states also above twenty dollars. Of the top twenty four milk producing states, only Iowa, with a July all milk price of fourteen dollars and eighty cents had a lower price than Wisconsin. Thank goodness for the dairy margin coverage program because uh, the way it looks, the July milk price pushed the income over feed margins to just $3.52 a hundred of milk production. That's according to the formula for the dairy margin coverage, the lowest showing for the index since 2012. Dairy producers with 5 million pounds, this is where you got a backboard here, and, and again, when I talk to producers, ah, DMC, not worth it. I, I just shake my head and I don't want to argue with them because, well, they're wrong. Dairy producers with 5 million pounds of annual DMC coverage, and I know 5 million uh, doesn't cover all of it for bigger producers. DMC coverage at the highest and most popular level, that's $9.50 tier, should expect payments of nearly $25,000 for both June and July. So again, we'd obviously rather have it in the milk check, but the DMC at 950, 25,000 for both June and July. So uh, that's a check that's worth cashing. All right, more coming up including our weather. That looks better and we've got oh so many things going on as far as the calendar is concerned. So lots to talk about. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Seven minutes before five o'clock as uh, we continue on with the farm show this morning here at the Shank of the Day on Wax. Bob and Joe with you. Coming up a little bit later on, we're going to hear from uh, A.V. Roth. A.V. is one of the uh, pork production leaders, a farmer, and uh, he has been past president of the hog uh, Wisconsin Pork Association. He's been on the National Pork Board and pork producers. And Proposition 12, that's that proposition out in California they passed that can't use any hog products from sows that produce uh, their produce their litters in uh, in crates. And we'll see what effect that's had on Wisconsin and where that Prop 12 is going. And also Dan Undersander, busy week. We haven't had a chance to hear from Dan yet. We were gone on Monday, but uh, we'll get an update on the alfalfa situation as well as uh, Dan Undersander will be joining us. And, man, we got things on the calendar, Joe. We have just a ton of things on I was the looking, calendar. I was looking through that, and I said, holy man, this is, must be the last really busy week of activities. And you have absolutely no excuse to not get out and do some something yeah, the, this weekend. Yeah, because the weather's going to be pretty nice. So we've got that to talk about, too. In fact, uh, give us a, a little teaser. I think we, we start rodeo over at River Falls Friday and Saturday. It's the uh, Falcon Frontier Days Rodeo over there, isn't it? It is, and it uh, it's an outdoor rodeo. Yep. And uh, Friday's performance starts at 7 o'clock, and Saturday's performances start at one thirty and 7 o'clock. And those are college kids from, you know, a lot of colleges in Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, rodeo teams, and junior colleges, and the River Falls team, so they will be there. And uh, what else is going on? Well, we've got the Sheep and Wool Festival down at the Jefferson County Fairgrounds. If you want to drive down between Madison and Milwaukee all the way Friday through Sunday. Yep, and then we've got the Cleghorn Harvest Fest. 
That starts Friday night through Sunday. All kinds of events from the Grand Parade to food to softball and everything else in between. Parade's on Saturday, isn't it? Parade is on Saturday at noon. All right. And what else? We've got the Owen with the FFA is having their breakfast at the Orchard, 7 o'clock till noon on Saturday, September 9th at the Black River Orchard in with, or by Withy. It's a half mile south of 29. We'll actually have audio talking, talking about that for tomorrow. Okay, good. And we've got, if you need a new mattress, you need to head on down to the Asu Fairchild High School FFA fa- Mattress Fundraiser. That's on Saturday. Starting at 10 o'clock, going till 4.30. I actually bought a mattress there last year. Sleep on it down in my basement in those hot days. It works out really good. And they got some good deals. What, I see queen size 399 or something like that? And, yep. Yeah, but, and these are beauty rest, good mattresses. Yeah. So, again, it's a fundraiser. They do it once a year, Osseo Fairchild. I think they're the only mattress fundraiser for FFA that I've ever heard of, but... Uh, it's different, and uh, it makes them some money. That's good. And uh, other things going on. FFA on the air Saturday morning will be. In Lake Holcomb. There I was up there yesterday. Checked out the lake a little bit, because that's what I do. Uh, good for you. <laughs> You'd like to find a fishing spot. <laughs> find my fishing spot. All right. So was... that'll be on Saturday morning, the Lake Holcomb FFA. And, of course, we've got all kinds of old car shows. Holcomb and Loyal, both having old car shows and they'll, they'll be on Sunday in Lake Holcomb at the Pavilion. And in Loyal, they'll be at the Legion Hall, and they recruited me. I'm going to be over there on Sunday in Loyal, flipping burgers and a few other things. So stop by the uh, American Legion food stand, and we'll be in there doing that. So, man, we'll talk more about the calendar because uh, it's busy. It is uh, going to be a busy weekend. Weather shouldn't be too bad either. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, the important thing is, when's it going to rain? It looks like Sunday there's a chance of rain with a high of 71. Otherwise, cloudy to partly cloudy. In fact, tomorrow it's going to be sunshine. Today, cloudy 67, 74 tomorrow with some sunshine. 81 on Saturday, 71 on Sunday. Partly cloudy Monday and Tuesday in the 60s. So, again, we got uh, some decent weather very comfortable right now for man and beast. And uh, so I think some guys qualify for both. So, again, we got uh, some pretty good weather out there. 56 degrees. This guy's going to have his Farm Aid concert coming up. Jill, what's the date? September 23rd. All right. And he's been doing it for a lot of years. Raised a lot of money to help farmers across the country. We're talking about Willie. September 23rd, Farm Aid concert down in Noblesville, Indiana. Minute after 5, this is 104.5 FM, WAXX. Eau Claire, what's going on this morning? NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Former President Trump says he wouldn't be willing to take the witness stand in his own defense if his criminal cases go to trial. Brian Shook reports. During a radio interview, Trump said he would absolutely look forward to testifying. He added, however, that he believes the cases will get dismissed. The former president has pleaded not guilty in the four cases against him in New York, Georgia, Florida, and Washington, D.C. I'm Brian Shook. The U.S. is providing more than $1 billion of new assistance to Ukraine. Secretary of State Antony Blinken made the announcement during his trip to the Ukrainian capital of Kiev on Wednesday. The commitment includes more military resources for Ukraine's counteroffensive, as well as financial and humanitarian aid. The announcement came just hours after 17 people were killed in a Russian strike on an eastern Ukrainian city. 
The Senate is going to start moving a package of government funding bills next week. Lisa Taylor fills us in. It comes as Congress is racing to avoid a shutdown at the end of this month. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he expects the first votes on Monday. The top Democrat urged Republicans in the House to follow the Senate's lead and work with Democrats. A group of House conservatives says it would oppose any funding bill that does not include conservative policy priorities on spending levels, the southern border, and the Justice Department. I'm Lisa Taylor. According to a court filing, federal prosecutors plan to indict Hunter Biden by September the 29th on gun charges. The president's son had agreed to a plea agreement that would have spared him jail time for allegedly purchasing a gun as a drug user. The deal had Hunter Biden entering a diversion program, but the agreement fell apart in court in July. The plea deal also included tax evasion charges, but it's unclear where those stand. And new projections show that Hurricane Lee could make it all the way to the East Coast. The hurricane formed over the Atlantic Ocean on Tuesday and is expected to strengthen into a Category 4 storm by Saturday with wind speeds of up to 150 miles per hour. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Weather continues to cool off after our Labor Day heat spell. 67 and cloudy today, and tonight, really good sleep. And open the windows down to about 49 degrees in the area. So you know some folks are going to get mighty cool up in the Northwoods. At 74 tomorrow on Friday with sunshine. 81 on Saturday, partly cloudy. Sunday, 71, cloudy chance of rain. Monday and Tuesday, upper 60s and partly cloudy. It's 55 in Rice Lake and Wausau this morning. 52 in Medford. Marshfield at 56. La Crosse at 60. Green Bay, 57. Madison, Sun Prairie at 62. Milwaukee at 66. And uh, very pleasant, 56 degrees outside our back door this morning. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, our good friends at Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us our look at the early morning markets. And Jill, what are you looking at for cash livestock numbers? Choice fed beefsters are 175 to 188 with mixed at 140 to 174. Choice fed beef heifers are 175 to 187 with mixed at 140 to 174. Choice fed Holstein steers are 160 to 168 with select and silage fed steers 119 to 159. Cows are 80 to 109 with a top of 129. Bulls are 90 to 123. Butcher hogs are 45 to 85. Sows are 36 to 43. And boars are 20 to 22 and a half. New crop market lambs are 171 to 219. Feeder lambs are 50 to 2 dollars. Ewes are 55 to 135. Small goats are 10 to $135. Medium goats are 75 to $275. Large goats are 200 to $500. And nanny goats are 35 to $375. At the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures yesterday, cattle were higher, hogs were lower. October live cattle, 182.70 up to 75. December, 186.50 up to 35. February, 190.37 up $1.90. April live cattle one ninety four oh two closing up a dollar fifty five. September feeder cattle finished at at uh, two fifty three fifteen. That's up a dollar seventy seven. October at two fifty six forty seven up two seventeen. November feeders up two dollars at two fifty eight twenty. January up a dollar eighty seven at two fifty seven fifty seven. And March up one seventy five or one seventy two at two fifty eight eighty five. Hogs were lower. 
October lean hog carcass contracts eighty one eighty seven down a dollar thirty. December seventy four forty five down sixty two. February seventy eight forty seven down thirty seven. And April hogs eighty three ninety five that was down twenty five. On the board of trade, the markets were higher yesterday on that crop progress report, and uh, in fact, the crops the progress report that we'll take a look at shows that this time of the year. It's the worst condition the crops have been in since back in 2012. So that pushed prices higher, but it didn't sustain it overnight. December corn overnight down a penny at 484. The oats down a fraction at 498. December wheat down one cent at 607. November soybeans down eight to nine cents overnight at 1367. December meal was down 270 a ton at 396.50. Barrel cheese unchanged 186 and three quarters. The blocks up a cent and a quarter at 196 and a quarter. And butter, grade double A butter up a penny at two seventy two. September class three down three at eighteen fifty one. October up seven at eighteen ninety five. November up a dime at eighteen seventy one. December up two at eighteen fifty seven. January up eleven at eighteen fifty two. And that's the way the markets look. Courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance, we're gonna find out what's going on with our alfalfa stands as we're into this Labor Day week. That's coming up next. It's ten minutes after five at Wax. And it's Labor Day week. Dan Undersander joins us, our state forage specialist, on our Next Grow Alfalfa Update program. And, uh, Dan, we always get to this time of the year, we talk no-cut window for our alfalfa. We have genetic improvements, this, that, and the other thing. But what is what is it about alfalfa genetics and the weather that still make this an important thing to consider? Well, Rob, it's the biology of the plant. Uh, certainly with breeding, we have improved the winter hardiness of alfalfa. We've increased, basically, winter survival in a lot of cases. But the plant still grows about the same. And the idea is that uh, we want to enter the winter with our tap roots uh, full of carbohydrates and proteins. Uh, it helps them survive the winter, and it provides uh, energy and protein for regrowth in the spring. Uh, and so our, our management has to be to allow the root carbohydrates to be at the highest. Uh, this can happen one of two ways. Uh, one is, as we still talk about, the no-cut window, which across most of Wisconsin, I've looked at the data over the last 45 years, and... Uh, if we're thinking that we need something around uh, 600, 500 growing degree days, particularly in most of your listening audience, that occurs most of the time following September 1. As we go further south, we can cut a little bit later because we're a bit warmer. So that no-cut window biology is still the case. And then, of course, the other alternative is to come in and cut so late that the plant uses less than 200 growing degree days, and then we means we built up the root carbohydrate. We're not going to use it. The worst way for alfalfa to enter the winter is for it to be harvested and regrow to six to eight inches. Uh, that uses up carbohydrates and doesn't put it back. Now, having said that, the important thing is not September 1, but when will we accumulate 500 growing degree days? And uh, if we have seen, uh, if we think it's going to be a warmer than average fall, we can cut later. 
Uh, some people do it every year, and a percentage of the time they get by with it, and a percentage of the time it reduces first cutting next spring and or, in worst-case scenario, may kill the plant. So our September 1 cutting date is based on needing two, uh, 500 growing degree days to replenish, to allow the alfalfa to regrow and replenish the carbohydrates for overwinter survival and growth the next spring. And that biology is still there. And it'll probably be there for a long time. Thanks, Dan. Dan Undersander, our state forage specialist, once again on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Town of Eagle Point needs workers for the fire. We need rain on the crop. Jill, what's the story? Well, crops across the country are moving closer to harvest, but in many areas they're looking tough because of the ongoing dry weather. This week's crop progress report shows the corn is now 67% dented and 18% mature. But that's it's now rated just 53% good to excellent, and that's down 3% from a week ago. The toughest-looking corn is in Kansas and Missouri, where their corn is down in the 30% range for good to excellent quality. Soybeans are also progressing as 95% of the beans are setting pods, and 16% of the plants are dropping leaves. But, like corn, beans look a little tougher than last week, as they are now rated just 53% good to excellent across the country. Kansas has the worst-looking soybeans, as the crop there now is rated just 25% good to excellent. And those are the lowest ratings for corn and beans this at this time of the year since 2012. And here in Wisconsin, the condition of our corn and soybean crops also fell this past week. Corn is now rated 54% good to excellent, that's down 5% from a week ago, and is 86% of the crop is now in the dough stage, and 41% has dented. Soybeans are down 4% this week, and the crop is rated 55% good to excellent. And this week's report shows 95% of the beans have set pods, and 18% of the plants are changing colors. State farmers have also harvested 91% of their oats, 35% 35% of their fall potatoes. Hey, I dug up my potatoes, so I'm 100% done. Good. Big ones? <laughs> no, nah, they're just little ones. All right. Well, they taste good. <laughs> oh, now I lost my... Okay. Man. And uh, 96% of the third crop has been made and put up 50 and 55% of the fourth crop is done. They're also a little ahead of their winter wheat seeding with 6% of that job done. The big concern is topsoil moisture, which is rated 18% very short, 40% short, and just 42% adequate. All right. So, again, Mother Nature has some work to do to bring us some rain, but uh, chopping is starting. So, again, be careful out there. Farm safety first. We're going to have machines, whether we're baling hay now, getting another crop up, starting to chop corn, whatever the case may be. Be careful out there. School buses are on the road, so if you're out driving, make sure you're paying attention. A lot of vehicles that weren't on the road a week or two weeks ago are now on the road. Coming up, we're going to hear about Proposition 12 as far as the hog industry is concerned from a leader in the hog industry in Wisconsin, A.V. Roth. We'll have that coming up next on Wax. But again, looking for some good cows. We got them. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 
California's Proposition 12 has made national headlines because it requires other states to comply with more stringent farming regulations to sell meat and egg products in California. This includes pork. Wisconsin pork producers argue it's going to disrupt the supply chain from the barn to the grocery store. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. The Wisconsin Pork Association says California consumes about 15% of U.S. pork, and the modifications required to meet that market could cost thousands per sow. Despite Proposition 12 going into effect on July 1st, Wisconsin pork producer A.V. Roth out of Crawford County has decided to hold off on compliance. He says he doesn't agree that it's humane for his animals, and he's optimistic that policy circulating at the federal level could put an end to the new regulation. In the meantime, he tells me what influence Proposition 12 has on his farm. So if I want to be able to sell my pork into California, it has to meet the Prop 12 standards. Some of those are being in 24 square foot of pen gestation, other stuff like fine. You know, they need to be able to come in here and verify that I am following the Prop 12 standards, including being able to come into my office and check financials and things like that as well. It's unique because Prop 12 is a California law. So anything that goes to California has to follow these certain standards for pork and eggs, for example. How do you know that, that your meat goes to California? Well, there's there's another issue there that if, you, if you're not, it's got to be separate. If you understand anything, they got to keep what meat is going to California separate from the other, which on the processing side isn't, isn't an easy thing. A problem here is that we put a lot of money into our local butcher plants over the last three years, basically since COVID. And unless the animals going into them are Prop 12 compliant, they're not able to sort out what is, what isn't. And even the work that we've been able to do of getting meat to be able to sold across state lines from local butcher shops won't be able to go into California. So, A.V., have you had to make changes since Prop 12 was upheld by the Supreme Court? Or maybe even before that, just when the rumblings were going on that it was a possibility? So I've, I looked into it quite a few years back about doing or doing um, larger pens and things like that. And for me, my animals, because actually if you go back to before 98, we were a 500 um, head feral to feeder pig. And our pens probably would be Prop 12 compliant. Now there's stuff that wasn't, but at that case, when we went from the pens that were Prop 12 compliant into gestation stalls, we actually had the same number of animals called because of injury at 500 the year before we switched over to the same number called after at 1,500 head in stalls. And so for me, it was really clear that the pen was not the right way to keep the animals. Prop 12, one of the requirements is that you no longer can use gestation crates. They must be in pens? Yep. So you have to be have 24 square feet and they have to be able to turn around without touching any side. So it has to be a very big stall, you know. And if you've invested in already one way of raising animals and then moving to another way, I mean, what does that cost look like? Have you broken that down or have you heard uh, others in yeah. the industry break this down? So first thing about it, you know, we went this way because as a farmer, this is the best way that the animals can be raised. I mean, the safest for the animal, the most humane way to raise them, in my opinion. And what's best for the animal. Now, someone in California decided that's not the right way. So, yes, 
the cost that I've went through is to, a new construction would be about 40% increase in cost. And so at the same rate, I'm going to be losing somewhere around 30 to 40%. If I, if I switched over to that, I'd lose 30 to 40% of my capacity here. But you have not switched over yet. Is there a reason why? Because uh, I don't believe it's right for the animals. Is your supply chain disrupted a little bit? Where does your port go? So mine hasn't. Um, there's certain certain farms that have built what they thought was t- Prop 12 compliant. I don't know how many of them were or are or how that goes. I know that, I don't know the exact number, but I'm guessing that uh, we they do not have enough pork to supply um, California right now with Prop 12 compliant pork. So there will be shortages of pork going into California. They eat uh, about 50% of the pork in the U.S., so it will be an issue. And that's the next thing, you know, it's coming down from Massachusetts and other states with same kind of rules. So it's, it's a big issue. We can still, at least in California, because there's a lot of ports there, that the Prop 12 compliant meat that's not Prop 12 compliant can go across the state and be shipped out. But in Massachusetts, part of their, I think it's Rule 3 or something like that, they pro, or their Rule 3 compliant meat cannot even go through their state. Talk of something similar in Massachusetts. Are other yep. states taking up similar policy? Are, are you hearing anything about, and maybe it's not just hogs. Maybe they're looking at regulating other commodities in a similar way. And, and yes, they are. You know, the eggs, the veal. There's other things that Prop 12 did other than pork. Just pork is what's on top of my mind because I'm a pork producer. But the, the biggest thing is, if you can go back to the chickens, before Prop 12, 10 years before that, they did another Prop 2 or something like that in California. And in that, for chickens, an enriched cage was okay to do. 10 or so years later in Prop 12, and they said it wasn't okay to do. So the biggest problem here is what's going to be the, fun, you know, 10 years from now, are they going to, all these buildings that get built to be Prop 12 compliant, are there going to be further rules? So HSUS argued at the Supreme Court on behalf of this Prop 12 rule, and I believe that their only reason they're doing that is they do not want people to eat meat. So they, in my opinion, will keep changing the rules so that farmers will go out of business, period, whether you become Prop 12 compliant now or not. And again, that's A.V. Rolf, who is a leader in the hog industry, not only in Wisconsin, but across the country. And Prop 12, where did it come from? California. And I just don't think you want California to take the lead on a lot of things because they think an awful lot different out there. I'm not saying anything about Prop 12, but I'm just California in general. They got a different mindset in California, and I don't think I want them to be the leader on some of these issues, that's for sure. Well, talking livestock, we'll find out how the cattle at least sold yesterday. We're going to catch up with Rocky over at Premier Livestock next, right here on Wax. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, how are they selling this week? Let's find out. Rocky Olson is with us from Premier Livestock in Withy. And Rocky, of course, uh, lives in the Lublin area. You got some rain yesterday, huh? Yeah, got uh, some nice rain. Uh, glad to get any ounce we could, you know. But uh, yeah, it was even a little better towards the sale barn. We had a real soaker yesterday. Oh, good. And I was tempted. I went out. Took a ride in the convertible. I was out and I had a fence around my patio that I needed to have stained, so I stained that. And I thought, well, if I do all this stuff, it's got to rain. Not a drop. Yeah. I don't know. Boy, when you 
tempt Mother Nature like that in two different ways, and neither one of them pay off, you know it's dry. But good yep. for you. Yeah. I know some people did get rain, and boy, I'll tell you, it was, it was welcome wherever it fell. That's for sure. All right. Well, how welcoming was the sale barn yesterday for cattle prices? Hey, been awful good, Bob. Uh, thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is how yesterday's dairy cattle auction shaped up. We had a very strong market yesterday. Uh, top supreme fresh fresh cows brought twenty two hundred to three thousand. Uh, we had one load of twenty fresh Holstein cows averaged over twenty four hundred from one consigner. Uh, many other cows from sixteen to twenty one seventy five. Top Holstein spring and heifers seventeen hundred to twenty three hundred. Last Friday, guys, we had a special one owner herd dispersal. So we saw 420 uh, dairy cows and heifers for one dairy that was a closed one-owner herd. Uh, they averaged straight through, guys, and that was the three-quarter the blemish cows in there, all of them straight through. They averaged 2,200 on 420 cows. Uh, top Supreme Fresh cows brought 2,600 to 3,100. Uh, we sold 80 heifers along with the herd, all bred five to eight months, and they averaged 2,400. Extremely strong market. Uh, looking ahead to next week's dairy cattle auction, we got a very, very nice Holstein tie stall herd. Uh, Going to be 55 cows in that. Holstein's red Holstein 75-pound tank average, 150 cell count, no TMR, 40 years of AI breeding. Then we got a big parlor freestall herd next Wednesday, too. Uh, we're going to have 175 Holstein cows. They're going to have an 85-pound tank average. They're on test. 90% uh, of the herd's going to be bred to Angus. Uh, 50 spring and dry cows also coming along with that herd. Good vaccination program because lots more other consignments for that sale. Uh, full details, full extended market reports of all classes updated daily on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, call us 715-229-2500. Uh, reminder, guys, we're at the position now. We are taking in consignments for our next machinery auction, which will be November 3rd. I believe that's only about 55 days away. That's kind of hard to believe, but uh, machinery sale November 3rd. Uh, also, we have a buy it now option that we can put a price on it uh, that we might get it sold for you before the sale. So call uh, for details for that. Like I said, all the information on the website, and that's how things are shaping up at Premier Bob. You guys are getting pretty fancy with these uh, machinery sales. Even put a preferred price on it huh, ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. Before oh, before it hits the ads and it's been pretty successful, get some stuff sold. So yeah, it's a good way to get, do it. Get, get your cash a little sooner if it, if it happens to work. Yeah, so. that's a, that's a good thing. We can always use the cash. Have a good one, Rocky. We'll talk to you in the morning. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Definitely cooling down. Mike Dandry is over in the weather room at Skywarn 13. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. How we doing? Good, good. I was looking tomorrow morning at this time. Man, we might not be 50 degrees, huh? Yeah, it's going to be a little chilly. And uh, for today, though, a little bit below average. Yeah. We are, Yeah, we're starting off where we should, right around the mid-50s. But uh, later on, some clouds will start to fill back in and uh, only leave us into the upper 60s. We'll have a breezy uh, northerly flow, too. A lot of us about uh, 10 to 15 miles per hour. But tonight, those clouds will start to clear out and eventually result in some patchy fog and lows dipping to the mid to upper 40s. going to be a chilly one. But then throughout the day tomorrow, we'll have more of that sunshine and temperatures climbing mostly to the mid-70s. Saturday, more sunshine right around 80. But Saturday night, 
brings a few chances at some showers our way. We'll keep those for Sunday and into Monday as well. Those will be a little bit more scattered in nature going into Monday, though. Highs into the upper 60s, and we stay in the upper 60s through about the middle of next week as Tuesday then brings another return of some sunshine. But right now, starting off, 55 degrees, dew point of 51, so a lot more comfortable this morning than we were yesterday. Well, I guess so, and... uh... Rain yesterday was mainly, it sounded like uh, north central, central Wisconsin and east western didn't get much at all. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. I know that we need that rain. And even though it is going into harvest season, I mean, we kind of want to gear up for next year even. So let's just get some moisture here, right? Yeah, we need some moisture, that's for sure. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Thanks, Mike. You bet, Bob. Have a good one. There you go. Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13. Again, 55 degrees right now, about 67 for the high today. We'll check in with Morgan and find out what's on her agenda. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get in the newsroom and uh, wake Morgan up this morning. Tell her she's got some work to do here. Good morning, Morgan. Hey, how are things, Bob? Hey, did I miss uh, Pickle Days or whatever it is in Boyceville? You did, but anytime you come through town, we'll throw you your own <laughs> private Pickle Days, Bob. How's that? Well, how did it go? You must have been part of the festivities anyway, didn't you? Unless you let Siggy at a ball game someplace. No, both. Up and around. We were oh. at some fields popping around, and then we were there for a little bit, too, and uh, had a, had a beverage or two to celebrate oh, the pickle good. festivities. Well, there was plenty warm for it, wasn't Oof, it? Oof, man. Nothing cools you off like pickle juice, I'll say oh, that. Oh, right? yes, yeah. <laughs> Mixed with something else. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? We're going to start with headlines that keep us pretty close to our area. And that begins reaction with Eau Claire County's Administrator Catherine Joff saying she's looking forward. We talked about this yesterday as the uh, vote was that she will keep her job. And now the uh, end of the DHS investigation begins a new focus on what comes next. Stashoff says she wants the county to move forward. We go to an update in the Madison area. An arrest in this week's brutal assault on a UW-Madison student. Assistant Madison Police Chief Paige Valenta talked about the victim. Her life is forever changed. Her family's life is forever changed. We will continue to work hard to ensure that Mr. Thompson is held fully accountable in a court of law for the heinous act that he perpetrated. Now, the suspect in that Sunday morning assault is 26-year-old Brandon Thompson, who's being held at the Dane County Jail on charges, including first-degree sexual assault. As we look to other headlines, if you tried to chip away at some medical bills and were having trouble paying, that's kind of a system-wide thing, and there continues to be issues at HSHS and Prevea Hospitals across Wisconsin. Hospitals yesterday said more phone lines are back online, but they're still dealing with effects of what they're calling temporary system outages. Earlier in the week, HSHS and Prevea said patient billing services weren't working. No one's saying exactly what caused the system outage. No estimate as to when everything might be back online and smooth sailing. Politically, another hat in the ring, and it involves our area. There's another Democratic candidate for Congress in western Wisconsin. Former La Crosse County Board Chair Tara Johnson announcing a grassroots campaign to take on Republican Derek Van Orden. There are already two other Democrats in the race. Van Orden is on his first term in Congress. Western Wisconsin considered to get quite a bit of attention as a possible swing district in the state. And we'll take a little bit of a road trip here as we head to Tennessee. It seems a woman is setting a new Guinness record. Party in the back, business in front. Women can have mullets too, and somebody's going to the pages of Guinness. According to Guinness officials, Tammy Manis has got the longest competitive mullet of any woman on earth. Manis says she began growing her mullet out in 1990, and it now measures 68 inches in length. That's four inches longer than she is tall. 
She says most of the time her hair is braided and tucked away, which prevents her from stepping on it. I'm Mark Mayfield. And we head back to our own Rapunzel in the barn with Bob Bolsold, Joe Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. What's the longest your hair has ever been? Well, when I was younger, I did have longer hair now that was down the middle of my back. But man, I tell you what, get your hair cut. Your mom ripping a brush through your tangles. <laughs> All of a sudden, who wants to get a haircut, right? Oh, boy, oh, boy. I remember sitting there crying. My grandma and mom would be pulling on the snarls. Oh, I don't have the, the nice tucked away coif like you do. No, gosh, no. Yeah. Heavens, no. That's a signature look. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know what the longest hair I ever had. When I was in college, I had it over my ears a little bit, but I could never stand it. It used to drive me nuts to have that long hair. I even had a mustache at one time. No, you had to get rid of that, too? Well, I looked, I looked like a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> it had... You can't yeah. wear it with gold chains, Bob. No, I know. <laughs> you bat in the convertible. That's quite That's a look. Right. You're going to get some. I didn't need that look. Uh, <laughs> see you later. You bet, Bob. All right, there goes Morgan. In the newsroom this morning. Hey, we're 19 minutes before 6 o'clock, and you're looking for some good things to eat? Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We'll get to the markets here in a few moments, but... Uh, the markets, when we talk about the grain markets, uh, this situation, Russia and Ukraine, the Black Sea, can we ship product out? Uh, hungry nations are the ones suffering. Africa, Asia, the Middle East. Uh, what's the latest on this grain deal, Jill? And there's still no new Black Sea grain agreement. On Monday, Russian and Turkish leaders met to try and extend the deal. But in the end, Russian leader Vladimir Putin said no. He said he won't agree to the new deal until the West meets his demands for allowing more Russian grain exports. Rush Western leaders said long ago that Russian grain and fertilizer exports were exempt from any sanctions. What do you what do you know? Politician you can't believe. <laughs> Valerie Putin or Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. Boy, oh boy, there's he's something else. All right, sixteen minutes before six o'clock. A lot still going on including getting ready for winter. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 55 degrees and we've got markets coming up. But Jill, lots going on around the area. We talked about some of that stuff earlier. Tell us again some of the happenings this weekend. Well, Cleghorn Harvest Fest starts Friday night and runs through Sunday with all kinds of activities. There's the uh, Falcon Frontier Days Rodeo is on Friday and Saturday. There's one show on Friday and two on Saturday. The Breakfast at the Orchard is from 7 till noon on Saturday at the Black River Orchard by Withy, one half mile south of 29. There's a mattress fundraiser for the Asu Fairchild FFA on Saturday starting at 10 going till 4.30 and that's in the high school commons. There's a Spencer FFA Alumni Fall Harvest Breakfast on Sunday from 8 till 1 at Merrowood Farms, uh, just uh, the Sternweiss family. And there's the Loyal Car Show. I guess you're going to be flipping burgers. Yeah, we'll be at the uh, Legion food stand there on Sundays by the uh, Legion parking lot, American Legion. And there's some horse pulls in the area on Saturday at 1 o'clock. There's the 23rd Annual Memorial Horse uh, Pull in Menominee. And on Sunday, uh, that's at 1 o'clock. And on Sunday at 2 o'clock, the Granton Fall Festival is having a horse pull. All right. Lots of things going on. Let's go to the market. Let's go north. Where are we going? 
Let's go to Baron Equity and hear from Brittany. For fed cattle, our choice beef steers and heifers were 155 to 174. High-yielding choice Holstein steers sold 160 to 169. Choice Holstein steers sold 145 to 159. And unfinished steers and heifers were 144 and down. For call cows, the top 20% sold from 108 to 117, topping at 118.50. 60% sold from 80 to 107, and the bottom 20% sold 79 and down. Our next sheep, goat, and small animal sale is September 16th, and you are able to drop livestock off that Friday beforehand. If you have any questions or would like someone to come to your farm and look at livestock, please contact us at 715-537-5618. This has been Brittany with your Equity Baron Market Report. Thank you and have a great day. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And here we are at 10 minutes before 6 o'clock. It's 56 degrees out there. We need to hear from Hot Eamon and Sparta Equity. Fed cattle selling steady today with the beef side of things with a high yielding choice beef steers and heifers 182 to 190. Choice and select beef steers and heifers 166 to 181. The beef and dairy cross steers 168 to 183. Stronger market today on the Holsteins with the Highland Choice Holstein steers 164 to 172. Topping at 174, the Choice and Select Holstein steers 148 to 163 with unfinished steers. Heifers and heavy steers $1.02 to $1.47. Cow market steady quality beef slaughter cows 110 to 125. The Highland cows $1.00 to $1.15. Cutters and utilities 84 to 99 with a low yielding and canner type cows 33 to 83 cents a pound. Bull market steady and most bulls bringing. 110 to 125 with a thin full and bulls over ton discount at $1.09 and down. Calves sold by the pound today with the quality Holstein bull calves bringing 150 to 250. The quality Holstein heifer calves 80 cents to $1.80. The quality beef bulls 450 to $6. The quality beef heifers $4 to 550 with the light and poor quality calves 10 cents to $1 per pound. Just a reminder our next sale will be Thursday, September 7th. For our special dairy and feeder cattle sale with dairy cattle starting at 12 noon, followed by feeders at 12.30. This is Hunt Eamon at Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's get to more markets, courtesy of Synergy Co-op at Ridgeland. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. A happy man this morning, Jerry. Good morning. Well, Bob, and a good morning to you. Yes, we are. And it's I know a few people are a little hay down, but um, we did get a very nice rain here yesterday in this part of Marathon County, uh, a little over half an inch, so real happy about that. So hopefully, folks, uh, uh, some places probably got some more because there were some pretty nice showers went through here about midday yesterday and another little shower about, uh, I don't know, around 5 last night. That wasn't too much, but it was still rain, so we're oh, happy. That's, and uh, That's so, a good thing. That's a good yeah. thing. Rain is a good thing. Somebody put into a song one time, and I think we play it once in a while here, too. Rain is a good thing. If we can get it. Hey, what happened yesterday at the barn? Well, another busy Wednesday, and uh, we'll tell the folks about it. Bob, thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. And a summary from yesterday, Wednesday, here at Stratford. We'll start with the Fed cattle market. Um, choice grading Holstein steers yesterday were selling mostly from $1.42 to $1.62. High-yielding choice and strictly prime Holsteins from 162 to 166 Select grading cattle, underfinished cattle, 140 and below. Cow market very strong yesterday. High-yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows in yesterday's sale uh, we're selling from 102 to 128. Fancy cows yesterday from 128 to a top of 134. Uh, most of the cows yesterday, the majority of the cows selling from 82 to 102. Thinner cows, light carcass cows below 80. 
on the uh, market bulls. Uh, market bulls yesterday, high yielding bulls selling from 117 up to a top of 130. Lighter weight bulls 112 and below. Uh, summary on the calf market this week, Holstein uh, bull calves continue to be in good demand, and they are selling from 150 to 350. We did top at 380 on Tuesday. Uh, heifer calves, not a very good demand this week, uh, 75 to 100 on those. Beef calves, again, very strong, 300 up to 605 also on Tuesday. We are Thursday. We start this morning, 11 o'clock. Market auction today, market cows, also fed cattle and bulls, baby calves. We get those about 1230 this afternoon. And keep in mind, uh, just want to mention our next dairy cattle auction here in Stratford will be next Tuesday. We do have a complete herd dispersal of 70 organic cows. Uh, so you folks in the organic business or uh, conventional, these will be good cows. Uh, we have uh, straight Holsteins, red Holsteins, Swiss Holstein crosses, freestall house and stall barn milk, and uh, all AI breeding on this cows. Uh, TMR fed, uh, 100% organic, and very good components. More information on our website. Check that out, Equity Co-op. Click on the Stratford page. And, uh, Bob, that's what we have for this morning. And uh, I was listening to a lot of stuff going on, and uh, unfortunately I'm not going to be able to get there on Saturday, but uh, Lublin tractor pull on Saturday. And I also think there's a tractor pull later on in the day over at Greenwood, so you guys can check that out. So a lot of stuff going on this time of the year, yeah. Boy, there really is. It's a busy weekend. Hard to keep up with it all. Hey, you have a good one. We'll talk to you in the morning. You betcha, Bob. Enjoy the day. Stay cool. We will. Not a hard thing to do, that's for sure. Board of Trade yesterday was higher. That crop progress report came back a little bit overnight. December corn down a penny at 484. The oats down a fraction at 498. December wheat down a penny at 607. November soybeans down eight to nine cents at thirteen sixty seven this morning, and soybean meal for December down two seventy a ton overnight three ninety six fifty at the country elevators today. Northside elevator loyal location corns at four ninety five with beans at twelve ninety eight in Arcadia corns at four eighty three with beans at thirteen dollars. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connersville location, corn's at 485 with beans at 1298. On the DTN screen, corn at Golden Plump, 475 today at Baldwin, Mondovi and Elmwood. The corn's 459, beans 1293. At Duran, the corn's 459, the beans 1288. Fall Creek, 450 a bushel for corn, 1283 for the soybeans. Osula has their corn at 459, their soybeans at 1298. And at Elk Mound, four eighty six on the corn, thirteen dollars even on the soybeans. Sparta, no quote on the corn, twelve ninety one on the beans. Ellsworth, four thirty nine and twelve seventy eight. Ethanol plants corn today at Boyceville, five oh nine. Stanley at five dollars. New Richmond, four eighty four. Barrel cheese, one eighty six and three quarters unchanged. Block cheese up a cent and a quarter, one ninety six and a quarter. Butter up one at two seventy two. September class three down three at eighteen fifty one. October up seven at eighteen ninety five. November up a dime at eighteen seventy one. December up two at eighteen fifty seven. January up eleven, eighteen fifty two. Another cool day today. Sixty seven and cloudy. It's fifty five right now. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at waxradio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On demand content at waxradio.com.